Hi, and welcome to Edge Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.ca.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 076-032-3664. Say hi, and we'll connect with you. Our sermons can be found on our YouTube channel. Today, we're in our series, It's Your Choice, The Truth About Decision. Enjoy listening to the sermon today. Before I get into his word, why don't you turn to the person next to you, tell them they're looking amazing this morning. You can see some couples that don't immediately turn to each other. I saw those couples that didn't look at each other first. We do have the marriage course starting, coming up now. I encourage you. <laughs> Brenton, we have space. Felicia, we have space, right? Join us on the marriage course. But it's good, it's good, it's good to be in God's house. And we've been in a series called It's Your Choice. And we've been speaking about this truth about decision. And the reality is we all have choices, We all make choices on a daily basis, whether they're good decisions and good choices, that's up for debate, but we all have choices in front of us. And and the direction of our life is often determined by the quality of the decisions and choices that we have made. And the thing is, I don't know about you, but for a lot of us, we actually, um, we're not the greatest decision makers, or when it comes to making a decision, we get a little nervous. Who are those people that when you go to a restaurant and you have to make a choice what to order, the anxiety builds when they're going around and they're like, who's next? <laughs> I like study my menu a week in advance before I go anyway. But, but yeah, we, we struggle sometimes to make decisions. But the thing is, decisions really impact what your tomorrow looks like. And so I'm going to continue with our series and uh, speaking into this thing about it's your choice and we all have a choice. But I want to ask you this question, and I want you to think about it and reflect on it. Now, I know it's the beginning of the year, and so a lot of us, we've been doing reflection. Well, it's the 22nd. We basically aren't done with January. But I want you to think about this, and I want you to reflect on on, on the different aspects of your lives. So I'd ask you this. Do you feel, and reflect personally, do you feel maybe disappointed where you are in life right now? Do you ever wake up and you think to yourself, by this time... This age, I I thought it would be so different to where I am right now. Maybe it's work-wise. I thought I'd be doing something that's making a greater impact or more significance, or maybe in your relationships. I didn't think at, at this time of my age that maybe I would be single, or this would be the reality of my world. Or maybe you, you, you've got what you need and you've created and you have all these things in life, but you still feel like there's stuff that's empty, That you wake up and you feel like life is just passing you by. And the whole time you're like, no, 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 no. I can't feel like this. It's a a new year. You know, all those things that we say, new year, new me, and all those things. And and that's wonderful. But can I tell you, nothing miraculously happens from when the clock strikes at midnight on the 1st of January. You don't just become a new person. And maybe you're in this new year already. And this whole series is speaking about choices. And there's a reason why we're starting with this this year. And you're in this new year and you're actually wondering, is there anything greater to my life? Like, is there something more that can be for my life? Well, today, that's what my message is about. And and a spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you now up front, there is so much more and greater thing that God desires for every single one of us. Whether you believe it or not, I'm telling you this, God desires for the much more and the greater for every one of us. And so I've titled my message today in under your, it's your choice, Closer. 
You see, last week, Tony brought an incredible message speaking about this thing of consistency and the power of consistency, how we are called to be consistent in our choices. But today, the word that I want to focus on is devotion. You see, we're speaking about with God's help, I will be devoted in all that I do. Now, I'm not just speaking about being devoted in your work rhythm or your eating program. And yes, we need to do those kind of things to be devoted in that. I'm talking about as a follower of Jesus, being devoted to the one that matters the most. And you know, Jesus speaks about this in Matthew 6.33. And we've heard this verse many times, but I want you to hear it in a new way. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, but first seek his kingdom. Take note what it says first. First seek. There's a choice that happens here. Therefore, all of us, we call to first seek his kingdom. First seek his righteousness. And then what happens? And then all these things will be given to you as well. What this verse is saying, when we first seek God, when we first seek his kingdom, his righteousness, what he desires for our life, there is the greater that he has for all of us. That's the promise that he's sharing with us. But there's an order that takes place. There's a choice, a decision that every one of us need to do by first seeking the kingdom. In fact, there's actually what we know as what's called a predecision. In order to first seek the kingdom, there's sometimes there needs to be a predecision, and that predecision is often the night before you start your next day. That actually I'm going to predecide that tomorrow I'm going to seek God the most that I, the best that I can, and you know in the middle of the day I'm going to seek God even more. But actually, we need to ask ourselves: We're speaking about devotion, and this is what it means to be devoted. What does it mean to be devoted to Jesus? What does it mean where there's a choice to be closer? I'm going to give you some context when you look at the first century believers in Acts. Because when you, when you see these first century believers, what's happening in this point is Jesus has given his life. He's gone to the cross. He's been the resurrection. And now he's sitting at the right-hand throne with his father. And all these believers are gathered in this moment. And Jesus sends down, there's this wind, there's this shaking, and he sends his Holy Spirit. And it's at this very point We have to ask, what were these first century believers, when they said they were devoted, what were they devoted to? Acts 2 verse 42 tells us, for they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They devoted themselves to to being in God's word and, and being in his teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship, doing life together with other people. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and, and, and to being putting God first in prayer. A little bit like life group. They devoted themselves to this. And then you know what happened? When you read Acts 2.42, what takes place is that the result was that everyone around them in that moment... They saw them and they were filled with awe. They were filled with wonder going, look what's happened in these people's lives. But how did it start? The apostles, the believers, they first devoted themselves to God. They devoted, they seek first the kingdom and then the success of ministry. Everything else came after that. There's an order that took place in what happened. And, and when those non-believers saw this, they were like, yo, what's going on with these people? I, I need a little bit of, of that. What's happening in their lives? And in that space, their lives were transformed. How did it start again? 
They were devoted first to the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else was added on. And I thought this is very interesting when I looked up on this and that word devoted, when you, you see the Greek word, when it's translated into English, we get this problem, which is called an imperfect tense in the English. Now, I didn't know what that meant. I'm not very good when it comes to grammar and all of that. I hated doing that in school. So I had to call Sean. She is my go-to person when it comes to, please explain this to me, or please check that I've said this correctly. So I called her and I said, please explain what does this mean by imperfect tense? Well, if you had to take that word devoted... It means that it's actually, it's ongoing. Devoted, Greek translated to English means it's ongoing. It's not a one-time devotion that these people had, that these apostles, it wasn't one time, it was ongoing. To be very accurate, we would say it was continually devoted. They were continually devoted to what? To being in God's word, doing life together with people. Breaking a bread. There was a single-minded focus that they had, and that's what drew them closer. That they saw the greater things that it wasn't possible in their own strength, that God did in their lives. And I was challenged, and I was reading this and thinking about this, this first century believers and what happened, and I was like, this is incredible that they were devoted. Do you think that this could be described about us now as, let's say, modern-day Christians? Would we be able to say that this was accurate about us? Because stats say in South Africa, but 80% of South Africans identify or classify themselves as Christians. Now I was thinking, I was like, well, that's hectic. That's a, lot, that's a big number. Because if we were truly, if we said we were devoted as, as, as we saw the apostles as believers, surely there would be such a difference within our own country. Surely there would be such a difference within our schools and within marriages and, and in families. Surely there would be a difference. But I think because often, maybe we identify ourselves more as what I'm going to call casual Christians. Now hear me what I mean by this. Casual Christians is that, yes, I know God, I believe in God, but you won't necessarily in my, see it in my life. Nor will you hear me actually talking about it to anyone else, really. I, I kind of believe in God. I kind of go to church. But no one really knows that much. I thought to myself, if they had to write this Acts 2.42 for us as modern-day Christians, I said they can create a new translation in the Bible called MCC, Modern Casual Christian Version. Now, there is no such thing as that, so please don't go search for it because you will... <laughs> You will find other stuff on the internet. But I think they would say something like this about us casual Christians. They devoted themselves to themselves. Full stop. They continually and passionately pursued a self-centered life of comfort and ease. Now, now, please hear me. I am not taking stabs at people this morning and be like, oh, let me just poke this here. But please hear my heart and my passion. Because the truth is, a lot of these casual Christians, they're really good people. They're people we have fun. They're, they're, they're people that have goals, aspirations. They want to be TikTok famous. They want to be able to, to do things. They want to like the ordinary things of life. Get married, graduate, have a family, go overseas. And oh, oh yes, when I die, I want to be able to make sure I get into heaven. And many of us are saying, that's not me. That, well, that's definitely not me. And I do believe that because we have a really great church of, of people who are loving God but I saw then this illustration. 
They challenged me. That personally, I was even challenged again about saying, what does it mean for me to be devoted as a follower of Christ? And I want to show you this illustration. And maybe you can see some identification in this. And I want to see this line. This line presents, this line is one week of our life. One week of our life consists of 168 hours. So, so pretend, take one week, starting today to next week. I'm going to do my best to get this illustration correct. First service, not so great. But they devoted, I'm so grateful the second service goes online and not the first. They devoted, so, so we see that we have 168 hours. Now they speak about when you are devoted to something, that means that you're going to give time and focus to a certain thing. Now think about it, in your life, in one week, where do you spend most of your time? And this is why I'm saying this is a good reflection to see when I'm talking about, no, 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 that's not me, I'm not like that. Reflect on this illustration. Well, research shows in the 168 hours that we have in one week, we spend about one third, unless you have sleep apnea, you spend about one third in sleep. Now, some people, I think, do longer than that. <laughs> when you're varsity and a teenager and you're working, come on, you can sleep as long as you want. But anyway, one third. The other third, they say, Richard says, we spend in, in work and going to school. That leaves us with 56 flexible hours that's remaining. Now, who's on social media? Show of hands. Yeah. I must just say, when I got TikTok for the first time, my first follower was one of our elders, Brenton. But anyway, I was like, he's checking up on me. <laughs> but anyway, social media, like all, all platforms that they are. Do you know that they say, on average, we spend about 17 hours in a week. Some younger people saying that in two days. But we sp actually, some older people on Facebook, oh my gosh, the amount of things that they are. Anyway, so 17 hours is spent on social media. I cringe every time I see, you know, uh, well, as an Apple um, device, you get a screen time notification and it tells you how long you spent on certain things. Do yourself a favor, go reflect on that and you're gonna see what you do in your 168 hours. But in that time, say 17 hours, so you left with 39 hours. What are those th other 39 hours that consumes us? I'm gonna call it stuff. That stuff consists of, if you've got kids, it's driving back and forth, taking them to swimming, to gym, to chess, to all these things. It's going to fill up your car. Luckily, that doesn't take long because we're only putting little increments each time, <laughs> waiting for the price is going to drop again. Or maybe it's um, cleaning the car every seven years or someone else cleaning it for you. Um, or maybe it's a space of it's going to the shops, it's sitting on Checker 60, um, it's taking moments like that, or it's cooking, it's cleaning, it's paying bills, it's going to gym or not going to gym, it's been watching on series. That consumes other stuff and we call it stuff. So that leads us sometimes when you're consumed with just only one or two hours for what? Oh yes, I'm a Christian. Oh, yes, in my week. So one or two hours, we leave here. So when you reflect, now I'm not saying this is for everyone, but please hear me. You reflect and you say, I actually only have that. Now tell me, if you want to be top of your class and you are only spending one hour, one to two hours in your whole week in studies, I hope you pass. You're not ever going to be at the top. Or if you want to be on top of your fitness game and health and everything like that, and you go, I am my whole week, I'm going to commit to one to two hours of gym, then I'm just going to eat and do whatever else I want to do. 
It's not going to work. Exactly. It's not going to work. Trust me. I can talk about this with experience. Same thing comes. When you speak about being devoted, when you speak about following him, if we are saying that I'm only going to spend one to two hours in a whole week, I need to ask you the question, are we really devoted to Jesus? Are we really devoted to what he is calling of us? Because if we're only partially devoted, if this is what we're allocating to him, I can tell you when it's convenient. Or, oh, yes, I have time. I definitely don't have time to fact in pre-service or pre in this week because everything else. Because can I tell you, this year, this thing called stuff, it doesn't just stop. It's always there. Taking kids, cooking, cleaning, it's always there. So there's a choice that I have to go. I'm going to be intentional, intentional about factoring in, or is it just going to be this little space? Because then we find ourselves being very lukewarm. And when I'm only giving my leftovers... Can I really believe that he can do the greater things in my life? You speak about where there's contentment, there, there's joy. Can I believe it? And can I tell you, it doesn't just happen miraculously by accident. You go to bed, next morning you wake up, and then all of a sudden you want to be a missionary like James. It doesn't just happen when you wake up. You don't like just stumble and then you go, you know what? I'm not tempted anymore. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine now. We wish it was like that. It's not by accident. It's about being intentional about what we do. Being fully devoted to God means that there's a choice that I'm going to have to make. So how? How do we become devoted? So we've been speaking. We speak about devoted. We talk about this is the truth for all of us because life doesn't slow down. Life just gets busier and busier. So I have to make a choice to say this year to be closer and to be devoted. I need to do something differently. And I love this illustration that, that Jesus speaks about in John 15. And, he, and he's talking, and I just have this imagination that he must have been walking past either vineyard, and he sees these grapes, and he's with his disciples, and he like has this powerful teaching moment. And he just imagines, and he says, stop. I want you to look here. I want you to know this principle. To be fully devoted to me, John 15, verse 5, he says these very words. I am the vine. I can imagine him like pointing to the vine, and, and then he says, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For a part of me, you can do nothing. Now, this is so important. I want you to see this. You might have heard this scripture verse over and over and over again. John 15 verse 5. You're like, yes, I know it. But, but you need to understand, who are we in the story? He says, I am the vine. So who are we? The branches. See, sometimes we get confused in this. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And this is so important. He says, because when we know that we are the branch and we are attached to the vine, he says that you'll bear fruit. What kind of fruit? Galatians 5 speaks about this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and gentleness. Think about it. If you were to explain more love, more self-control, more joy, more peace, do you think we might still be asking those questions? Is there more to life? I don't feel content. I feel like life is passing me by. Do you think we would have the same response if we were remaining in him and those fruits were coming out of our life? You see, I'm not saying that you'll never have problems where you question and go, is this what I'm meant to be doing? I'm not saying that that just disappears. But when we know that we are the branches, but we remain to the vine, that there will be more. 
often, and my group knows I speak about this, I say, guys, I want you to reflect back to where you were last year to this year. Because that's sometimes the best evaluation to see, is there growth and change? You see, because if you're just in the same group doing the same thing year after year, and it's the same things that people are sharing about, the same things, you need to ask yourself, am I still actually attached and remain to the vine? Because if you can look back, do this exercise, ask. When you go into Click's Edge Me, do you find like you have more patience from last year to this year? <laughs> Please don't go there. <laughs> It'll test your self-control to another level. (laughs) But ask yourself the question from last year to this year, is there more contentment? Is there more joy? Sure, there's been a difficult year, but I can see that I've grown deeper in God's love for my life and for others. It's a good reflection to look, have I been remaining and attached to the vine or have I just been doing my own thing? You see, there's one word that is repeated 11 times in, in, in this chapter. And that means it's a pretty important word if it's repeated so many times. I'm going to read it again, and I want you to see it from reading it from verse 4, and I want you to see the word. And if you can't see the word, we will be praying after service for people, and we will help you in that moment. Look what it says in verse 4. Remain in me, and I will also remain in you. Can you see already where I'm going with this? No branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless, what does it say? You remain in me. It's the word remain. It is the very word that says, it comes from the Greek word, mino. Not Nemo the fish, mino. It actually means to abide, to dwell in. It means to live in. That means that when we remain, when we live there, it's not about ticking a box and say, oh, Let's tick the box of going to church this week. Oh, you know, I have to serve. I'm on roster again. Let me just tick the box. You see, when I remain in him, I want to dwell there. Actually, there's a desire to say, you know what? It's prayer service. I'm going to devote. I'm going to be there because I want to dwell. I want to remain. It's not just something that I have to do. When you remain, you delight to dwell, to abide in something. See, the truth is, and I'm going to state the obvious, The branch needs a vine. I know that's obvious. But then why so often do we try and take control ourselves? See, if you don't stay connected, you won't bear the fruits that that Jesus speaks about. The more love, the, the deeper, the greater the love for God and then love for people. And it reminds you of like if I'm walking with Rach and she sees a branch, she literally will take it and she'll go at home and put it into the ground and she thinks it's going to grow. You know how kids are. You see like these things sticking in things and you know it's not going to last. But she sees these acorns. We planted an hour later. She wants to know if it's already grown. (laughs) See, the truth is if we're not attached to the vine, we are not going to see the fruit. And what am I trying to show? Please, our assignment is very clear. We need to be the branch and remain in him. How do I do that? Very practical. Very three, very short points. That I believe, I'm going to say this, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey with God, each one of us can take something deeper in this and go, you know what, I want the greater in this area of my life. Three, this is our game plan. Our game plan to get closer to God, to say this year, 2023, things are going to be different. For me and for my household. Number one, 
You need to choose a time. Number two, you need to choose a place. Number three, you need to choose a plan. What does this mean? To be devoted, to remain in him, you actually need to choose a time. What do I mean by this? Meaning if I want to be intentional about spending time with someone, with Leandri, with a friend, I don't just let the whole week pass by and then go, oh yes, but that's actually a true reflection of adult friendships this day. We must make a time to meet. And then what happens? Six months later, we say the same thing. But you need to be intentional about a time. Making a commitment and saying, I'm going into this year, I'm going to be intentional. And, and when that time, it, it differs for everyone. Maybe you're going, before the kids wake up, I'm going to spend time with Jesus. Or maybe it's before I go to gym, after gym. Maybe it's when the kids go to bed, I'm going to spend time. Maybe whatever it is, there's a decision that needs to take place. You see, because if you are devoted to something, you'll be intentional about spending and placing a time. Because if you like anyone else, if there's no time to it, if you don't put it in the calendar, does it really matter? Second thing, so we need to choose a time. The second thing, we need to decide a place. What do I mean by this? Now, I'm not saying if you don't sit in the exact same place every single time, God can't speak to you. That's legalistic. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm trying to say is that to get into a rhythm, to get something that's regular, because we are people that need consistent patterns in our lives. So, so creating a place is a dedicated space. For me, it's at the dining room table. It's the same place because I know right next to me is the bookshelf where my Bible, my notepad, everything else is there. So that in the morning, when I don't feel like getting out of bed and I'm going there, I don't have to still like, oh, let me find where my Bible is. Let me find where my notepad is. Oh, you know, I can't find it. I need to go back to bed. Tomorrow I'll do it. But the truth is the same thing is if you want to go to gym early in the morning, you pack your bag the night before. If you want to do meal planning, you do your meals the day before. When you try to do it in the moment, it doesn't work. And it sounds like, is that simple? Yes. Decide on a place. And it could be in the garden. It could be in bed. It could be when you are, are driving and you're saying, this is really the only time that I have space. I stop. And this, that, that's fine. Maybe you're a mom with little kids. And the only place that you can go is into the bathroom. And so you literally lock the door. And that's your place that you spend with God before little fingers come out of the door shouting, Mom, 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 I need to poo. And then you just say, it's your space. It's amazing how children need the toilet when you're in the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. But you decide on a place. And you're like, Dan, this is so simple. It is. Put it into practice. Be consistent, what we heard last week. And then, last one, we need to decide on a plan. What do I mean by plan? What I mean by, I'm talking about uh, some, something that's going to help me. That's going to help me on my journey of, of being in God's word. Of, of, of reading something. And I, we live in a day and age where we have so much content that's available to you and us. I love you version. I love that there's so many plans that you can access. And that you can be accountable to a friend. You can share it and do it with someone. There's so many things. You can use your journal. You, you can write down what God has been speaking to or what you're praying about. But something that we've had, a, and our former lead pastor, he did this and he wrote this, and it's something that's available, is 15 minutes with God. We encourage you just to start with 15 minutes with God. We only have a very few left. Our first service, they went and they most of them and so but we do have online resources of this as well so I encourage you it's also on our website 
but there are a few left and you're saying, I need to, it helps you. There's simple things to like, just say, how do I, where do I start reading scripture? How do I approach prayer time? A simple way in, in seeing how we pray for people by just even using your hand to remember certain illustrations. There's so much that's available for us in this day and age, but there's a choice. What am I going to do with that 168 hours that I have in a week? Am I just going to cram it into the last one or two hours here when I'm at church? Why am I going to be intentional about growing closer to God this year? To be devoted, Acts 2.42, for they devoted themselves. Ongoing devotion. Not a one-self thing. Not at the beginning of the year, because you know that was, everyone's made a resolution to get back into church. and that, But actually, it's going to continue. Say, God, I'm going to put you first. We will have our ups and undowns through the good and the bad places, through the thick and the thin. But it's mean saying, God, I'm going to be committed to go in this journey with you. And I think for me, what excites me the most and the greater things that I want you to believe for is that when we intentionally decide to commit to him, to, to be in his word, to, to stay closer to God, you know what starts to happen? It goes from just spending that maybe starting with 15 minutes with him, and then it's 20, but actually what happens is that it's not just boxed to a certain moment. That we actually start to see God at work in, in every aspect of our lives because we're constantly postured to that place of wanting to seek, putting Him first, that in our everyday, or our comings and our goings, when we're in our workplace, we can see God. When we were family, when we were friends, we're not one person when we're there and then another person when we're at church. That there's a devotion that takes place. That when you're with a client, you can say, Sure, I saw how God came through in this moment. He gave me the right words to, to encourage this person to sign this deal. You can see God in everything in nature, just driving in your car. And you're speaking to God, and then all of a sudden, there's a moment where you see something, and you say, that's only God. See, that's what starts to happen. This God of the universe that created, and I think of his creation. I think of just what he has done. And this God of the universe says, I have a desire to speak to us. It blows my mind that he says, you want to speak to me. And he knows how wicked my thoughts are, what I'm like. And he says, I still want to talk to you. And my praise is there will be that desire. And, and maybe you were in church for so long. But you haven't really been devoted. The heart is actually cold and you know how to go through these emotions. You know what to do, what to tick for all of us. God says, will you come closer to me? Draw me closer. I want to be where you are. And that's the desire. And in that space, God says, my child, there's so much more I have for you. There's greater desires. There's greater things that I have for your life. Will you stay in this space of that you know that you're the branch and I'm the vine? And maybe even for your journey, you're saying, you know what? In this plan that I need to do, that this year I'm going to take next steps. This year I'm actually going to join a life group. This year I'm going to be intentional about saying, I'm going to do this. And maybe you're like, well, I've been in the same life group for so long. Listen, I'm giving you permission. Even as Lee pastor and you're saying, I need a change for growth. Come and speak. You don't have to stay in the same life group forever. 
We want you to be taking steps where you're devoted in God's word, you're devoted in prayer, you're devoted in this. We want you to take it. Or maybe you're saying, I don't want to just attend anymore. I want to belong here. Serving within this church takes you where this is your church, that you are serving the body and others. And you're saying, yeah, but they look like I sorted. They've got plenty of people that serve. No, it's not about that. It's about all of us. This is our house. It's not, oh, they're going to do it. It's our house where God has called us to serve our community, our world, to, to serve each other. It's what God has his desire for us to do fellowship, doing life together as the early century believers did. Or maybe you're saying, you know what? I need to get deeper. Discipleship 101. Do it. Sign up. Don't delay and think, oh, I'll wait for the last minute because I'm trying to put it off. Freedom. You need to discover freedom for your life because of the same things that you've been struggling for year after year. Do it. Hey, this is you saying, I'm going to be baptized. I'm not going to delay it anymore. I want to be closer. A desire. It's just a few. There's so many. And you, you, I'm not trying to, to push, just do this, tick this, do next, 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 next. Please hear my heart. It's a choice that all of us have to grow closer to God, to be fully devoted, aligning our hearts to Him. Church, hear me. You know, this can just be, and I'll say it myself, a great message. We can just leave it at that. I heard this great message on the 22nd of Jan. Or there can be something that shifts to say, you know what? It is, there's something God's spoken to me, but I'm going to be intentional and make a choice to follow him and commit in whatever area he's been prompting you in. I believe there's a commitment that God's calling from all of us. For us to believe for the much more, the greater things, God's asking something to shift within us, within our commitment. I was so challenged by the scripture verse and I want to end with this. But Jesus is speaking in Matthew 10 from the message translation. And I want you to hear, and this is again where it's this choice. So he says, if you don't go all the way with me through the thick and thin, you don't deserve me. And I read that and I was like, oh, that's hectic. And some of you are like, oh, but isn't Jesus so, so gracious? Why would he say something like that? We all make mistakes. Yes. Grace and truth, what Jesus speaks. Because listen to the promise that he says to us. See, meaning that when you don't go all the way through, when you're hot and you're cold and you're lukewarm, that's Kitty Perry, when you're lukewarm and you're, and you're in this moment and you, you're not doing this, then you are, then you're in church, and then you're like, you know, I've been to church twice in a row. I need two weeks now to recover. You know what? No, no, it doesn't interest me serving here, so I'm going to leave this now. Through the thick and the thin, through the good times, through the times where being a follower of Jesus is, is challenging. He says, because if your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. Those very questions that we ask, God, is there more? Why? Why did this happen? Why am I here? But if you forget, and this is the promise, if you forget about yourself and you look to me, you will find both yourself and you will find me. What an incredible promise. That God says that, that if you forget about 
yourself. You devoted, they devoted themselves. Seek first the kingdom. You'll find both yourself. That's seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and then all will be added to you. You will find the desires that God has always had and the much more. You see, God, God's heart, he says, I want greater things for us. And I'm believing for that as we step into this year. So come on, won't you close your eyes and in this moment, I encourage you to put everything down. I believe the Holy Spirit is, is speaking. And maybe you're like, no, I'm not even feeling anything. Well, in this moment now, ask him to speak to you. To ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? To tell him, God, I want a greater marriage. God, I want to, I want to believe for greater things in, in my workplace, in my family. You can tell him the desires of your heart. But remember, seek first him. So in this space, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Just be still. Allow space to reflect on your life. Where does God fit in your world? Is he a part of it? Or is he your world? Father, I believe that this morning that your spirit is speaking to many. And I believe that there is a call to commitment that you're asking for all of us to go, clo to go closer and to deeper in our relationship with you. That very word that we will be known as those that are devoted to you. Not casual Christians, but devoted. And so as I pray in this moment, I believe God is asking for, for many of us to make a commitment. You're saying this year, I'm committing to go closer to Jesus. I'm committing to, to deepen my love for him that will result in a greater love for people. And I want to pray and I want to put this challenge out to you as a congregation. That's you saying, Dan, I want to go deeper. I want to grow closer to Jesus this year. You need to make a decision. And even a change of posture helps you. If that's you, you're saying, Dan, I want to make a commitment. Just me and Jesus today. I want you to lift your hands saying, I want to be closer to God this year. Lift your hands. Serious. You're saying, I want to be serious about being closer to you. Don't feel obliged because remember I said it, you can't force anyone in this. Whatever it looks like. And then I want you to put your hand on your heart. If that is you, you're saying, because it's a heart shift that has to happen. And right now, I want you to just quietly say this prayer. Jesus, today, I'm committing myself to you again. To go closer to you. 
to have a greater love for you and a greater love for people. That today, I forget about myself and I look to you and I know I will find myself and I will find you when I make this choice and this decision. Today, I seek first the kingdom and I commit to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And as we continue to pray, and I ask that all eyes are closed, I want to pray for those who have never made that decision to follow Jesus. You know, today you can make, you can make the greatest decision, the greatest choice ever to follow him. Because you've been hearing this and we've been speaking about how there's choices to seek first and you're saying, Dad, I've never, ever even made a decision like this. Well, today you can. And you say, how do I do it? And I don't know this. And if Dan, if you knew what my life's like and everything, I don't qualify. I want you to hear this message that Jesus came for all. And today he's come for you. It's not an accident that you're here. Someone might have invited you. But it, the, God doesn't work. He, he doesn't work. I just, oh, that's an accident. Oh, he has a plan and a destiny. We sing those words. Long before we were even born, he knew our names. He knew our hearts. And his greatest desire is that we would always be close to him. So with all eyes closed in this private moment, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. It will be my amazing privilege to be able to pray for you. All you need to do is to make a decision, a choice to say, I'm choosing Jesus today. How do you do that? You say a simple prayer. So if that's you, it'll be my honor to be able to pray with you. And I'd love to know who I'm praying for. So if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, I want you just to lift your hand up very quickly and then you're going to put it down. Amen. And once I see it, you can put it down. Amen. Amen. You can put it down. You're saying, Dan, I want to choose to follow Jesus today. Amen. Believe there's more. I believe that you're here, amen, at the back. That God has chosen and, and He said you're here for a reason. Amen. You can put it down. Today is the greatest day if you make that decision to follow Jesus. And I want you to just say quietly, say this prayer with me. Jesus, today, I choose you. God, I ask that you forgive me for the way that I've been living things that I've done. I don't feel like I'm even deserved to be loved by you, but today I choose to follow you. I said you forgive me. I thank you that you went to the cross and you took all the things that I've done wrong. You didn't even deserve it, but you took it upon yourself. And then on the third day you rose so that I could be in a very moment like this to have eternal life, to accept the greatest invitation. And so from this day forward, I choose to follow you and God's people say together with one loud voice, amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Amen. We trust that you enjoyed listening to the sermon today. We would love to stay in touch with you about your next steps. Please send us a WhatsApp or contact us via our website. We would love to help you on your discipleship journey.